From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Once again, we count it a privilege to welcome you to another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak. Today, we'll hear another message in the life and earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, a series preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled, The Name to Use. The text is John 14 and verse 14. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. What a wide promise! Anything, whether large or small, all my needs are covered by that word, anything. Come, my soul, be free at the mercy seat, and hear thy Lord saying to thee, Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. What a wise promise! We are always to ask in the name of Jesus. While this encourages us, it also honors Him. This is a constant plea. Occasionally every other plea is darkened, especially such as we could draw from our own relation to God or our experience of His grace. But at such times... The name of Jesus is as mighty at the throne as ever, and we may plead it with full assurance. What an instructive prayer! I may not ask for anything to which I cannot put Christ's hand and seal. I dare not use my Lord's name to a selfish or willful petition. I may only use my Lord's name to prayers which He Himself would pray if He were in my case. It is a high privilege to be authorized to ask in the name of Jesus, as if Jesus himself asked. But our love to him will never allow us to set that name where he would not have set it. Am I asking that which Jesus approves? Dare I put his seal to my prayer? Then I have that which I seek of the Father. There is a
Jesus Christ seek to witness to the unsaved, they are frequently met by a variety of questions. These might include such queries as, why did Christ have to be God? Did God create evil? Or how do we know that the Bible is the Word of God? Dr. Cairns answers these and many other questions on a DVD presentation called Q&A with Alan Cairns. In all, Dr. Cairns responded to over 50 such concerns, we're happy to be able to provide you, free of charge, a DVD containing all of these video portions, about five hours of guidance from God's Word for problems which face the 21st century Christian. You may have a copy simply by requesting it. Just ask for the DVD, Q&A with Alan Cairns. You may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. You may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you wish, you may write us at Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Here's an excellent way to provide scriptural answers to family and friends regarding the challenging questions facing believers in this day.
Today on Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns concludes the second of a two-part message entitled, Jesus Christ, Man's Only Point of Contact with God. In Matthew chapter 11, the Lord Jesus declared that He alone can reveal God to man. Many people are exposed to the light of the gospel, but fail to repent of their sins and embrace Christ as Savior and Lord. What a tragedy to have known the truth and rejected it. In Christ, God the Father has given men all they need to bring them to salvation. Yet multitudes have said, as did the people in one of Christ's parables, We will not have this man to rule over us. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. The message with which Christ began his earthly ministry remains, Repent and believe the gospel. Now here is Dr. Cairns to bring the final portion of this message, Jesus Christ, man's only point of contact with God. The judge of all the earth will not judge man's judgment. He will not judge by man's prejudices. He will judge by his own divine standard and by his own intuitive and omniscient insight into the true state of hearts. You've received great light. You've received great privilege. You've received the gospel. You've heard it. But he says you haven't repented. And I judge you for it. To me, that's one of the saddest things in all the Bible. That's one of the scariest. If Capernaum had light, tell me, does Greenville not have at least as much light? Perhaps even more. If Jesus said to Chorazin, to Bethsaida, to Capernaum, I will bring you down to hell deeper than Tyre and Sidon and Sodom and Gomorrah because you didn't repent. What is he going to say to Greenville? What is he going to say to America? Let's personalize it. What is he going to say to some who've sat in meetings like this? They've been weaned on the scriptures. But they've never repented to receive Christ as their Messiah, their Savior. The ninth psalm is a psalm that rings in my mind for many reasons. Some to comfort and others to put in a, a holy fear. But in verse 17, he says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and the nations that forget God. 
that bit about forgetting God, that scares me. Forgetting God. Do you realize you can go around Greenville today and you'll not find one person in a hundred that really understands the gospel? I can say that because I watch carefully when people start writing in on religious subjects to the newspaper. When they start getting involved in religious controversy, when you talk to people, when I get letters from people, realize these people haven't the foggiest notion in the world about what the gospel of Jesus Christ is after all these hundreds of years in America. And I'm not talking just about recent immigrants. I'm not talking even about Roman Catholics brought up in a darkened system. I'm talking about people who are Baptists and Presbyterians and Methodists and Episcopalians and all the rest of it. They don't know the gospel. Forgotten God. Christ is the judge. Oh, he's the friend of sinners. But he's also the judge of sinners. He's either going to save every person here or judge them. There's no escape from that. He's either going to lift you up to heaven or cast you down to hell. Paul says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. To me, one of the most fearful aspects of it fall into hands and bear the marks of Calvary. To fall into hands that have been stretched forth, he says, all the day long I have stretched forth my hands unto you in invitation to fall into those hands as the hands of a judge truly a fearful thing. Remember Christ is the one way between God and man. Despise it not, because he will be your judge. Finally, and I must slip over this very speedily, from verse 25 to 29, the Lord Jesus actually expounds the truth of his being the one way of communion and communication between God and man, the only point of contact. He expounds it, and he shows himself as the Christ who is the fount of every blessing. Now, time forbids that we try to expound these verses in detail. But you will see, verse 25 to 27, that he is the ordained mediator. What a wonderful statement. All things are delivered into his hand. God has put everything concerning his kingdom into the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. The full administration of God's revelation of grace to men has been delivered to the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything necessary to bring in his people, establish his kingdom, save his people, build his church, everything has been delivered into the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the sole mediator ordained of God. Verse 27 
He's the revealer of God. There's no man knows the Father but the Son. None knows the Son but the Father. But notice this. And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal the Father. The revealer of God. Jesus said in John 14, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. He is not saying that he and the Father are indistinguishable within the Holy Trinity. What he's saying is that all that there is to see of God is in him. All that there is to know of God is in him. Let's understand this. There is no knowing God sitting like a Buddha staring blankly at a wall. There is no knowing God following the religions or the philosophies of the world. There is no knowing God by finding out what are thought to be the best points of all the religions of men. The central tenet of Baha'ism is the devil's lie that there is truth and light in every religion and we simply have got to collect it all from all the sources and when we have done that we reach the truth. There is no light in anything but what God has given us in Christ. He is the light. And outside of him there's only darkness. Therefore we reject the moving principle of the ecumenical movement, the World Council of Churches and the organizations that have come together to establish it way back as far as the 1920s. If my memory's right, about 1928, a leading ecumenical bishop said what their purpose in life was. And it was to set out, not to call heathen religions heathen, not to evangelize the so-called heathen, but to sit down together and from all these sources discover the truth. I want to make this statement to you. God's truth is not to be discovered. God's truth has already been revealed. God's truth is to be received, believed, and obeyed. Jesus is the truth. All to be known of God is in Christ. That's why the modernists are so wrong when they dismiss the Old Testament and uh, they, they make the God of the Old Testament some inferior being to the God of the New Testament. They're wrong. Why? Because they can't come to a knowledge of God in the Old Testament through Christ. You see, Christ is the key to the Old Testament and the God of the whole Bible is the same God just more fully and gloriously revealed in the new than in the old. Christ is the revealer of God. If you would know God, you must know Christ. Jesus said in John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Believe in me. Verse 28 and 29 of Matthew 11, Christ is the giver of rest. 
one of the loveliest statements in all the Bible. What a contrast with what he's just been saying about Capernaum and Chorazin and Bethsaida. He says, come unto me. If you're laboring under heavy burdens, burdens of conscience, now we're getting down to where people really live. Burdens of conscience. Burdens from the past that won't go away. Burdens of grief. Burdens of care. Burdens of sin. Burdens of fear. Jesus says, Come unto me. It doesn't say come to the baptismal font, pool, river, or ocean. Just come to me. The little maid in Syria said that Naaman should go to God's prophet. And Naaman went to the king. And he got no satisfaction there. Jesus says, come unto me. Don't get hung up looking at my people, finding fault with them and saying, well, if they're Christians, I want nothing to do with it. Come unto me. And he says, I will give you rest. Oh, the peace my Savior gives. Peace I never knew before. Rest of conscience rest of soul, peace with God, peace from God for all eternity. And in verse 29 and 30, he's the Lord and master of all. He says, listen, come, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Submit to my service. Now, we're not saved by serving. I'll have more to say about this tonight. We're not saved by serving, but I want to tell you, every time you have a person who's saved, he becomes a servant. Take my yoke upon you. I am your Lord. I am your master. Jesus said to his disciples, ye call me master and Lord, and you do well. You do well. Have we come there? Can you see the truth of these chapters? Can you see Christ as that one point of contact between God and man? If you're unsaved and you need saving contact with God as you do, it's in Christ. Jesus says, come unto me. If you are saved and you need to live as you do in communion with God, how do you live in communion with God? By obeying all the principles of some man-made seminar? No, sir. By living by faith in Jesus Christ, by living in the embrace of the Lord Jesus Christ, by living in the constant realization of who he is, what he's done, and in obedience to him as our master. It's living in and for Christ that will let you live in communion with God. What did he say in John 15? Abide in me. In me. Or as our text this morning has it, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. 
My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Sounds a contradiction in terms, does it not? A burden, but it's light. Then think of the 68th Psalm and you'll get the answer. Daily he loadeth or burdens us with benefits. The biggest burden God puts upon his people is the blessing, the weight of the blessing. And it's all for us in Christ. May God stamp the truth of the centrality of Christ's person and the necessity of Christ's mediation upon our hearts and make his word, the particular word, needed by each one of us before the Lord. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. Music